and thank you for tuning in today. You're listening to WRUULP Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. And this is the Adam Messer Show. I'm your host, Adam Messer. And today I have a very special guest. He's been on the show many times, and he's also a good friend of mine, Matt Lestalia. Welcome back, Matt. How you doing? Thanks, brother. I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be back again. It's always so much fun coming on the show, so thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, folks, uh, since the last time that uh, Matt was on the show, um, and you've heard me talk a little bit about it, but uh, he and I started our own show, oh, gosh, almost two months ago now, uh, called the Matt and Adam Show. Yeah. So it's called the Matt and Adam Show, and we talk about uh, grit we talk about doing the work and why it matters. So I'm pretty, I love it. pretty excited about it. Hey, Bass, you mind playing some live music for us? Sebastian Musser, my son, is going to play a little bit of live music here for us here on WRUU. His band's called Krieger, and he's playing on his uh, Ovation Acoustic. There we go. Some bass. I, I love your acoustic music, man. I, I like when you're playing those instrumentals. So it's beautiful. I love them. All right, Matt. Do you mind um, giving everybody kind of like an update of what you've been doing since the last time you've been here? Jeez oh, Louise. Yeah, there's been there's been a lot going on. You, you can give the volume <laughs> one um, edition two <laughs> version of yeah, the encyclopedia right, exactly. of Matt Listelia. God, it's, this has been probably the the most chaotic and absolutely hectic time of my life. And I'll tell you what, man, I couldn't be happier. I couldn't right, be happier right. about it. So I kind of have the four, I have like four big lines of effort happening right now. Um, one is our show, which I absolutely love. I love that we've challenged ourselves in the Matt and Adam show to, uh, to, to really get succinct for the 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really cool way for people to get a bite-sized chunk of uh, some cool insights that you and I have experienced through our own lives and through uh, our professional development over the years. So I love that. Um, the the show, I have my podcast, um, started out as Burn Your Boats, and I'm making, I've made the transition now. It is now the Matt Lestalia show. Woo-woo, I love that. <laughs> I made it. A little self-branding there. 
Uh, and hence the Adam Messer show. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You can you can sense that maybe I caught a little bit of inspiration from Adam. Hey, I, you figure. know what? <laughs> I took it off of uh, you know, like every other you know big name. It's you know like look look at it. It was the uh, Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Um, yep. You know the Oprah Winfrey show. Uh, there's you know a ton of different ones. The Joe Rogan podcast. You know. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's very fitting. I mean, like, you know, Matt Lestalia. I remember we were talking about you're like, people are going to have a hard time, um, you know, spelling my name. I was like, if they can spell Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah. Spell Lestalia. They can learn to spell Lestalia. That was a tipping point for the decision. I was like, yeah, it's a fair point. Fair point. Like, they're like, they called him Arnold Strong in his first movie because they're like, nobody will know. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I love it, man. I love it. The Matt Lestalia show. It just has a ring to it. Yeah, it's nice. It's got a nice flow, and that falls under um, the the overarching um, company that I have now called uh, Matt Lestalia Inc. And I love that I too. The, uh, I have I have the website up and running as of today with all of our services. No way. That's news to there. me. So that's cool. MattLestaliaInc.com literally just got published about forty five minutes ago. No way. <laughs> I'm gonna pull it up right now while we're talking. So I love the new logo, the, by the way. I love the mountain. Thank you. And, uh, yeah. It's yeah, no, sweet. it's great. It makes me makes me very happy. Actually, that's something that I was just working on right before we got on the phone was trying to incorporate the new logo onto the cover art there. It's, <laughs> with the business, it's never-ending. And I love it. I love it. But, yeah, so now, you know, we've I've expanded the, the lines of effort from the show from being the podcast is just one arm of Matt Lestalia Inc. And now we're providing consultative services. So like real resilience consultation. And so if you need one-on-one, like especially after you're going through and you've listened to the show and you kind of get familiar with some of the tools and stuff that we talk about and you're, you're having kind of that hard time, like how do I take these awesome principles that we either talk about on the Matt and Adam show or we talk about on the Matt Lestalia show, um, and apply it in my life specifically. Well, that's what the consultation service is there for. So you know, we can help you launch yourself forward through self-discovery and commitment to action. You know, that's that's what we can do there. And uh, so that, that's really exciting. And then um, right now, actually, we have a, a live training set up for the 3rd of September on on a zoom call. If you go to mattlestyle.com, that's where it is, but we're doing a, we're doing a free training that is, uh, how to change your mind. And so I'm really excited about that one. This is one of my favorite trainings to do. I've done it a bunch and, and people, it's, it's so impactful for not taking a lot of time to kind of relay the information. And so we can really dive into it, get it done and then sit there and kind of discuss how that works and how we can play it out in our own lives. Yeah, and you are also a master resiliency trainer uh, for the the army, or you? Well, you're retired now, but that's what your main job was, right? Well, it was. Um, so in the army, we have these things called additional duties, and so you go and get trained. You can be like an equal opportunity leader, and so that way you you provide training to the unit on top of your normal job that is about different events that are going on and, and ways to make sure that we're not being prejudiced and, and how to kind of check that kind of stuff. And the same thing with sexual harassment. We have, we have additional duties where people take that 
Now, you get to certain levels where that can be your full-time job, but I was never, I never shifted to doing it full-time, but it was, I was always my unit's master resilience trainer for the past five and a half years. Um, I performed that function for whatever unit I was in, having trained, at this point, a couple thousand soldiers have gone through my trainings, and um, yeah, no, it's really good. That's actually what spurred this whole line of business in Matt Lestati, Inc. is my, my base and my footing in the master resilience training that was given to me through the Army. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because uh, you and I were introduced uh, by our good friend Corey Brooks, and it was, uh, I don't know, a little over a year ago or so, uh, maybe a year and a half ago now. I, I can't remember exactly when, but um, when you were looking into doing your show, and uh, I thought it was really interesting because at first it was just like, you know, hey, uh, Adam probably can give you some pointers, you know, about doing the show and whatever. And we just hit it off and then come to find out that we both love like leadership and self-development and yeah. grit. Um, and, yeah. you know, that was something I think. Oh, gosh, man. I, <laughs> it was funny. I remember um, when we went to do your show. Um, the first time, you know, we talked for a couple hours and, yeah. you know, and then we ended up, um, because of some technical issues, we ended up having to redo the show and then we, I don't know, we've done like a bunch of shows and then like, it was like, Hey, why don't we just do a show together? <laughs> Cause we do these yeah. things yeah. and, and I love, clicked. yeah, I love, I love to, I really like, because you and I are both chin waggers and we like to talk and I love that we kind of force ourselves to do the 15 minute window for the Matt and Adam show and we pick a topic. So like folks, if you haven't heard it yet, um, I, I know I've talked about it a little bit on the show, but if you haven't listened to that podcast yet, it literally is for folks who want to hit on different topics of self-development and leadership. And when we say we talk about grit, we talk about, you know, doing the work and why does it matter? Like we hit those three things specifically because it's like, okay, here's a takeaway that you can apply and use in your life today. Like when you're, when you're done listening to it, you should be able to harness that information and be able to come up with a game plan and take, a, you know, one step at least of action towards that. Exactly. And that's like, that's kind of like our one promise or our one guarantee from the show is that, is that you leave with an actionable piece of information mm -hmm. that it's not, you're not showing up for feel good. I'm like, yeah, sure. It feels good. And, and if you're familiar with the concepts, you're like, yeah, no, they're, they're speaking my language and that's great. We want people like that. We also want people where it's a little uncomfortable, but like, oh, I don't really know. Like this, like, what is it? Do I have to be courageous? Why can't in this world, why can't I just stay in my comfort zone and do well doing the things that I'm comfortable doing? Mm -hmm. When we talk about that, we talk about doing the work and how to get past that. But then most importantly, we give you that why. It's like, why is that question that we've been asking since we've been able to talk? It's like, why does you it know? even matter? Like, you know, why is it important? Yeah. You know, the why. It's the first I feel, question. It's, yeah. yeah, it's the thing. It's like a three-year-old kid. You're like, why? 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 <laughs> like, it's, it sticks with you and it, and it matters because it's understanding the motivation. It's understanding the purpose. That's what, it's a huge part of being human is, is understanding purpose. And so we want to make sure that we're providing that to you because that, that helps with the follow through. You're like, oh, that's a cool tool. Hey, when I'm going along my day, you're like, no, like, well, it matters. It has this impact. It has this significance. You're like, oh, 
we hope that it serves as kind of like the eye-opener part. Mm-hmm. I feel like the why, why does it matter helps also to not only create standards, but also to help you stay in that guideline of like, okay, well, you know, why does it matter? Okay, well, I could just, I could just do something halfway and, you know, it could, it'll get done, but it won't be done right. Or maybe it has to be redone. Um, why does it matter that I should do something the right way the first time, you know, uh, or, you know, it just helps with those. I feel like that those keeps you kind of like keeps your moral compass or your ethical compass or your work ethic compass or, you know, just any kind of compass. It kind of keeps you like, well, why does this matter? And if it doesn't matter, then like, hey, uh, you know, time to move on. Like if it's one well, that's the that, that's the beautiful thing is that we're not trying to fit square pegs into round holes. Yeah, you know, yeah. if we if we explain a couple of reasons of why this has mattered to me in my life, why it's mattered to you in your life, mm-hmm. and people can't translate that into theirs, maybe it's not a tool that's for them. It might you not know? be and a good fit. Yeah, it might not be a good cool. fit. <clears throat> exactly, and it's fine. Like move on, and I guarantee you, the thing is that we shift topic to topic each week, and now they build off each other. Mm-hmm. So it's, we, I, I really appreciate the fact that we don't do our show in a vacuum, mm-hmm. you know? Like, it's not, they are independent, but the beautiful thing is they're evergreen, and the skills do interlap. There is that kind of Venn diagram of resilience and grit that you get in the middle mm-hmm. when you're overlapping these skills with each other. We're, yeah, let me uh, do the station house. I can't believe it's already 315. <laughs> Everybody, you're listening to WRUULP Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Signings Community Radio with Global Soul. And if you're just now tuning in, this is the Adam Messer Show, and I'm your host, Adam Messer. And my special guest today is Matt Lestalia. And, you know, one of the things I like too, Matt, is that <clears throat> we get along, uh, but we don't always agree on things. And we have a good dialogue about that. You know, and I feel like that makes a, a lot of sense as well because, you know, in in real life, if you you're you're never gonna agree with somebody one hundred percent of the time, you know. I don't care if it's your wife, your spouse, your kids. You know, it's just not. You know, um, and I like the fact that you have differing viewpoints than I do. I have differing viewpoints than you do, and that we you know we talk about this stuff and like, okay, well, you know, hey, did you think about it from this perspective or did you think about it from that perspective? You know, because in uh, everyday life, you know, you work with different people from different social, economic, and, you know, varying backgrounds, right? Um, people dealing with all kinds of stuff. I mean, like, you know, it, it, there's, there's, you never know what you're walking into sometimes with somebody, you know, all the things that are going on with them at that one point. And I like the fact that, you know, we can have, you know, a, not an argument, you know, we're not, we never have an argument, but we have a disagreement like, Oh, Hey, you know, did you think about it like this? You know, and it's a professional way to just, you know, talk about something and say, Hey, here's a different side of this issue that, you know, I see it this way. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. I think, so I think that the two ways that we go about doing it are pretty quick is that we'll, sometimes we'll have a disagreement about the way about of doing something. And the beautiful thing is that when we're conversing, we're not trying to speak over each other. We've and it's and it's all stemmed from the same place. It's all it all takes root from a place of respect, of mutual respect for the other person. And so, because I respect you, and because 
I appreciate your opinion and your thoughts. I actually want to hear what you have to say. You yeah, know? And yeah. so, and the thing is, if I'm stuck, if I'm doing something, I'm struggling. And then, I mean, I know everything that I know. <laughs> so, so getting that perspective from somebody that I respect and that has been in similar situations as myself, but has a different perspective, that can change everything. You know, and that can really mm-hmm. open. And, and a lot of times, even when we have them, like you'll bring up an idea to me and it doesn't, I hear the idea, but it doesn't click right away because it's not, it's not like a natural thing for me to process information the same way that you do. But then I sit on it and a couple of days later, I'm like, God, man, that was really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But vice I have versa. to allow yeah. it in and not, and not battle it out because it's something that I'm not comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful thing is, and the, the way that that also feeds into the show and the way that we bounce off each other is that we're not communicating in a way that's like an echo chamber. Like yeah, yeah. We we have similar thoughts and beliefs, but it's really it's really great because you and I can have completely different interpretations of something or different approaches of how to get there. And what that does is it, it presents a plethora of copious tools to people in different approaches that they can take when they're trying to take on these these grit increasing at practices or exercises and, and these resilience tools that we present, people have all these different types of approaches to them. Now. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's, uh, that's one of the things I like uh, when we talk about different things, because every time uh, you and I talk about a topic, I always, I always take something away from it. You know, something that, you know, that you share with me or an experience that you had, you know, I always feel like I get something out of that. You know, as as far as when I'm learning something new, uh, you know, different things that you've done that, you know, it's like, wow, look, look at this. You know, this is pretty cool. You know, for example, like the resiliency training. I've never done resiliency training with anybody, <clears throat> but I have I've taught people about resiliency. I've shown people like yeah. what is grit. You know, I've, I've given people a lot of different pointers and tips and stuff like that, but I've never taught. The, you know, like a class or a formal, anything like that. And I feel like that's a really neat uh, vantage point that you have because you've had that responsibility to do that. You know, and yeah. it, it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting because, you know, there's the people ever, I, I don't care if you look at the same, you know, piece of uh, art, you know, a hundred people look at it, a hundred different viewpoints, you know? And exactly. sometimes I feel like, um, art is so subjective that you're going to have those, you know, hundred varying viewpoints. And then there are some things that are really just not subjective and it should be like, okay, well this is a and not B. And the reason why it is a is because it is not B, right? you know, and some folks want to say, well, it could be B and you're like, no, it's a, a it's really still a yeah this water bottle is still a water bottle you can feel like it's b all day long but it is not b it is a and (laughs) you know that's that's something i feel like you know is is important today because they're so like we're inundated with social media we're inundated with consumerism and advertising and you know uh things that want to not only grab our attention but shape our you know, thoughts and our, our beliefs, you know, and we have to say, Hey, wait a minute, you know, 
do I have to have the newest pair of shoes as soon as they hit the market in order, you know, to do my workout? You know, do I have to have, you know, like that gear? You know, and if you're if you need it, you need it, you know? Or is it one of those things like am I really hungry or am I just, you know, used to you know, buying a sandwich when I go past a certain place or, or picking up a cup of coffee, you know, we get in these little habits or whatever. And, oh, and they're so strong. We are, we are, I know it's a cliche uh, statement is that we're creatures of habit, mm-hmm. but when you really sit down with it and you, and you break down your day, this is the beautiful thing. I know that you had mentioned recently reading uh, Atomic Habits and Yasmin, my wife and I sat down and that was the, that was the first book that we decided to read together, like as a couple. Nice. Yeah, and I'm like halfway through the audio book, and he actually narrates it, so it's pretty sweet. Oh, that's perfect. I, I can't stand audio books when they're not like not of the nonfiction variety. Yeah. When they're yeah. not narrated by the author. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what it is. I hate it. I love I love listening to the author speak what's from the book. I think that's. That's the right way. Yeah, I think that's one of the neat things about the audiobooks. But I'm I'm listening to it. I'm actually what I've been doing is um I listen to it on the way into work. So I usually catch about a chapter of it. Perfect. And so another thing how another way I'm incorporating that into like my daily life is today is day thirty five of a thousand days of the Ray Bradbury challenge that I'm doing. And oh, that's great. So the challenge is, and I got I picked this up. I mean, I don't know if this is officially like a challenge or something like that, but I'm calling it the Ray Bradbury Challenge. <laughs> but I watched I this. Like I watched this. Uh, I watched this like the day in the life of a writer, and it was like Ray Bradbury, and it was a black and white, uh, one of those biopic films about, um, you know, about him from I think like the 50s or 60s and whatever. And and I was watching it and. Across from his typewriter was a sign that said, don't overthink. And I was like, ding, 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 ding. And so I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, the only thing I'd ever read of Ray Bradbury's work was the compulsory Fahrenheit 451 in, like, ninth grade English class, right? Mm -hmm. So I watched this short little um, uh, biography biography of, uh, of Ray Bradbury, and like I'm like, okay, this guy's got the same thing. Like, don't overthink. You know, he's got it across from his typewriter so he can see it while he's working. Right? And it leads into like it was a it was a YouTube video and it leads into the next video and I'm like, you know, okay, I'm watching it. And it's like this hour long talk, uh, where he's talking to people and one of the things he said was like, If you want to be a better writer, learn metaphors. If you want to be a better writer and he talks about these different authors that he likes or whatever. Um, he said, if you want to be a better writer, read an essay and a poem and a short story. Read one a night for a thousand nights. And I did start doing that 35 days ago, right? And so, like, I don't read a complete short story in a night. Sometimes I break them up in, like, two or three days, depending on how long the short story is. You know, but I'll read, you know, usually 15 or 20 pages a night or whatever after work. Um, but I've been reading a poem. I've been reading an essay. And how I'm incorporating the Atomic Habits, kind of circling back around, is that I've been using that book because each chapter is, is an essay. So it's, it's really like a topic, right? 
so I've been using that as my essay uh, for the the thousand day Ray Bradbury challenge, and I, I love it. That's I mean, like right. the you know creatures of habit, like you're saying. You know, we all we all like those. You know, I mean, like our brain wants to have those little shortcuts, and we all like those. Oh, that's exactly it. That's that's what that's what habits are. I mean, when you think about like driving to work sometimes, and you you look back after you show and be like. How did I? How did I get here? <laughs> I know that I drove, but I don't really remember the drive. It's because, and you think about how complex uh, a process it is for you to get to, for you to wake up in the morning to get to work. Mm-hmm. Everything from, from from at least from when you walk out the door, when you get into your car, like you're managing a several thousand pound vehicle, navigating around a bunch of other people doing the same thing at high rates of speed and we we're, we're so proficient at this and we're and it's turned into such a habit that we do it as second nature at this point and we don't even think about it. our head is so wrapped around whatever we're going to do for the day by the time we get there we're not even like oh yeah we did, we did drive didn't i mm-hmm. and so with my probably the single biggest and most impactful thing that i personally took from that book was habit stacking yeah, and yeah. I that changed my life because that is how I incorporated gratitude into my life in a more meaningful and powerful way. Yeah, I just every morning I will get up and I will drink a cup of coffee just to give people an understanding of what habit stacking is. You take a habit that you're already doing, you know you're going to do, and you have no intention of stopping. For me, waking up and drinking a cup of coffee, and then you take what action you want to add into your life as another habit and you associate it with that activity. And so for me, gratitude journaling is an absolutely perfect companion to my morning coffee. I have my gratitude journal. I even have a daily stoic book that gives me little insights of, you know, the historical stoic kind of thoughts of you can control the way that you respond to things, but you can't control what happens in the world. So I'll read some of that. I'll write down some things that I'm grateful for while I'm sipping on my cup of coffee in the morning. I'll write down why those things, why I'm grateful for those things. And then that changes the way that my brain is working for like the entire day. And so it frames it in a positive way. And then my brain becomes more sensitive to these areas that I can be grateful for so I'll be at work and somebody will have completed a part of a project and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so happy that somebody's here doing this because it means that I don't have to do it and I don't like doing that. <laughs> Thank you, John. I really appreciate that work that you did because I know I didn't have to do it. But like your brain's turned on to gratitude then. It helps build those relationships. It helps foster the ones that you already have, even in your home. And so habit stacking was one of the foundational blocks for me positively changing my life in one of the most impactful ways that I've ever done. I, I'm glad to hear that. I, um, you know, this, this book is, it's kind of in, interesting because, uh, I'm not going to say everything in there is new. A lot of stuff is rehashed, but the way that he presents it is new to me. Like I, a lot of the stuff that he's talking about, I've already known about or been, yes. you know, aware of and used, I mean, you know, like when you want to create a habit. But one of the new things that I took away from it, talking about habit stacking, was 
when you want to build a new habit, you know, you have the habit association, right, there, that you're talking about. But you also take two minutes a day to build that habit. So, like, if you want to do gratitude journaling and you're just starting off, don't try to do 30 minutes of journaling. Do two minutes. You know, if you want to run a 10-mile run, don't run an hour to start off. Run for two minutes. And you shouldn't run 10 miles when I try to run 10 miles on the first day? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean, Adam? <laughs> right. It's and such a simple thought, but it's so powerful it's very when you effective. actually apply it. Yeah. Exactly. Very effective. All right, we've got to do the uh, mid-hour uh, break, Matt. Uh, I cannot believe it's already been a half an hour, man. Uh, yeah. But everybody, you're listening to WRUU, LP Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. And we will be right out uh, back after these announcements. This portion of WRUU, LP Savannah Soundings programming is made possible by listeners like you and Brighter Day Natural Foods. Brighter Day is celebrating its 40th year serving the Savannah community with produce, vitamins, and supplements and a deli and juice bar. Brighter Day is located at 1102 Bull Street at the south end of Forsyth Park. More information available at 912-236-4703 or brighterdayfoods.com. Many critical issues are facing the residents of Savannah and all Americans, including the coronavirus, homeschooling, and the upcoming general election. WRUU has three programs which address these issues, the common good, on Fridays from 2 to 3 p.m., The Happy Homeschooler on Wednesdays from 2 to 3 p.m., and We the People, The Constitution Today on Sundays from 8 to 9 p.m. Stay informed about these important issues by tuning into these programs on WRUU. WRUU 107.5 FM is a new and different listener-supported and all-volunteer community radio station for Savannah. Our diverse broadcast and web programming is supported by generous listeners who value our passion and spunk. We are independent of other media and receive no government or large corporate support. People like you are the largest and most important source of our funding. Go to WRUU.org to find out how you can make a one-time or monthly contribution. Thank you. WRUULP Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. This is WRUULP Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. This is Cite from the album Live at WFMU, March 2008. Oh 
Alright everybody, and we are back on air. We had a couple of station announcements there. And uh, we have underwriting here at WRUU. Uh, the thing with underwriting versus like commercials is that you do the underwriting as like an informative way to talk to people about like your business or, you know, whatever you want to sponsor the station with. And the difference, main difference is, is like it's not a, a commercial. Um, it's not trying to tell you, hey, you should buy X, Y, Z. Um, and it's not, we're not trying to sell you on anything. We're just trying to inform you. And also to, 
you know, if you if you enjoy what we're doing um, and you want to patronize the the studio, you can go to WRU.org and do a donation there. Or you can, you know, if you have a business and you want to underwrite with us, there's also a link there that you can do that. So I just want to throw that out there to you. So when we have those little announcements and the uh, different you know, things that are going on around town, that's what you're hearing is that underwriting and those uh, pro, uh, the promotions that we have uh, where we're working with different people and, you know, trying to do things in the community. So, all right, Matt, we are back, man. How are you doing? fantastic brother. all right cool 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 all right so everybody uh thank you for tuning in matt and i have been talking today uh about the new matt and adam show and then we would right before the uh the break we were talking about atomic habits and i've been enjoying the book so you said you and um yasmin decided to do that as a uh like both of you read it together yeah, exactly. So when we started, we were living, I was in Georgia and she was in Virginia. And so I told her, you know, that I would usually end my night by was reading a couple chapters of a book and then going to bed. And so what we were doing is we'd video chat every night. And so she was like, well, why don't we incorporate the reading in with our, our video time? Hmm. So she was actually the one, it was so funny because I had heard of Atomic Habits, but she was the one that bought the book without me even knowing about it and then was like hey i got this book do you want to read this one and i was like yeah that's great i'm all about it and so what we do is she would she would read over whatsapp over whatsapp video chat and we go through a chapter and then i would drive up there and i'd visit for a weekend out of the month and we'd read it together and hmm. and we've kind of just carried that habit on um i think carrying that habit on um to other books since then, so we've read we've read several books together that way, and we're on a we're on yet another one. So, which one are you reading now? Um, it's actually called uh, oh, what's the name of it? It's about psychedelics, um, and like the history of the medicinal use of psychedelics and how they're making their way back in. I don't remember the name of it. Hmm. Okay. But, cool. I think it's great. Yeah, no, it's that, I think it's great that y'all are um, you know reading books together like that. Um. Yeah, no, I think the important, well, important thing that we wanted to do is to make a culture of reading and a culture of um, kind of non-compulsory education, non-compulsory self-education inside of the household Yeah, to set the example for the kids. So it's one thing to tell your kids, hey, you need to read. Reading is important. Right. And like, yeah, but reading is boring. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and so then you show them, you're like, no, listen, like, you don't even have to tell them because telling them words just bounce off kids' heads. So, but you show them and you do it, and it's actually a part of your life. Then they're like, "Oh, okay." And then, and then, on top of it's kind of the gravy on those potatoes is engaging with them at their level with their books, even pushing them a little bit, maybe beyond their capacity, and and being enthusiastic about it. That's what we're doing right now. My uh. uh uh, Ariana, our daughter, she is reading the Magic Treehouse book series, and dude, I'm excited about it. They're good little books for kids. They're like, they're fast reads, like 10 chapters, maybe like 75 pages, 80 mm. pages, you know, in the whole book. And it's a page turner, you know, so we'll sit down, we'll read a chapter or two every night, and then like she comes in, we all pick a character that we're going to be, so it's like, we're all reading the book out loud together, and like, 
role playing and stuff like that. It's really fun. And it's something that now that we've been doing it and we've made it a habit, she, she we don't even say anything. She just shows up in our room at night with a book in hand, like it's reading time. Nice. That's really nice. I tell you, uh, it's interesting too, because, um, you know, I'm, I don't have the source, but I saw a statistic one time that said most adults don't finish a book after high school. They don't. They just don't read a book. And what I found in my personal life to kind of match that is that um, people who are readers, you know, they do read. And it's not that the people that, you know, don't read books, they don't read. I mean, we read stuff all the time, you know, yep. but it, there's... I don't know how to say it, but, you know, there's something about when you decide, hey, I'd like to learn about X, and you go out and you find, you know, a lot of times these these self-development books are, you know, content matter experts, you know, in their field, or, um, you know, they, they struck gold on something, you know, like Mel Robbins, you know, the five-second rule, you know, um, she just struck gold on something like that. You know, it's like five, yep. four, three, two, one. And it was, it was something that boom, just took off. And, you know, she's not a psychology expert, but it was something that applied and she was able to do and use, and she was able to, and, you know, enhance the psychology behind it and leverage that up to help other people. You know, so I love that kind of stuff. I, you know, I, I really, I feel like, you don't necessarily have to have a college degree to be educated. That's you definitely don't no. have to, but you especially know, especially in this day and age. Yeah, but like you do have so to. Many, you do have to so put in the work, and you do have to study. You know, yes. and you have to be able to apply that knowledge um, to be educated. You know, I mean, like the, yes. you have to 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 do the work, really. You know, I, I, just, I just it's so beautiful. I just wrote a quote that went into my most recent training program that was you can have the skill and you can have the resources but if you don't have the will success will evade you for your life something to that that's a great uh, legacy like Joe Rogan says show me a man who is successful who was born of a successful man you know, rich man of right. a, a rich man. It's like you know, show show me the son of you know the person who built the legacy who builds another legacy. You know, it's yeah, very it's rare. Yeah, third generation rule, right? Like the second one can do it, the second person can can do it. It's not as likely as the person that comes. And the, you know what the beautiful statistic is? I don't know what it is. It's probably not going to be great for twenty twenty, but twenty eighteen and then twenty nineteen. The number of new millionaires per day in the United States in 2018 was something like 1,700. Mm-hmm. 1,700 new millionaires a day. Wow. And then it, it dropped to like 1,100 in 2019. But that's 1,100 new money millionaires. That's the, that doesn't count all the people that were millionaires that inherited their money. These are people the first time ever in their family's legacy did mil- uh, over a million dollars of net worth came in. Yeah, that's uh, that's really interesting. Hey, we've got to do the 345 break already. That's crazy. I know we took a little bit longer on the, the mid-break. 
But uh, Bass, you mind playing some live music for us again? Yeah. Awesome. Here's Sebastian Messer. nice <laughs> it was like a quick and dirty boom 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 <laughs> you know uh matt i, I uh, tell you something man it's crazy but um one of the things that we talk about you know on the show like the matt and adam show is overcoming obstacles right you there yes. yeah yes, okay absolutely. so so you know, one of the things I enjoy uh, talking with you about is like, you know, overcoming those obstacles and, you know, the challenge of that, because, you know, we, one of the things that we talk about is overcoming obstacles. And, and I love that. And I've, I've said that three times now for a reason for emphasis. Okay. Challenging yourself when you have to show up and blow up, give a hundred percent of what you got. And one of the things we talk about with that is sometimes, your 100% might be 40 or 50% of like your what you can give. It might be 150% of what your normal stuff is. You know, but you show up and you give that 100%. You know, you do the work. You know, you put your head down and you just, you know, you kind of get in that monk mode. And that is one of my favorite topics that we talk about, you know, on the show. So can you can you kind of tell us uh, you know, more on your take on that? Because I know sure, you, yeah, I know absolutely. you talk, you and I talk about it a lot. Yeah, no, and I love it. I think it's, I mean, the, the beautiful thing about it is that it's universal. There's nobody in their life, even if you're born into riches, there's nobody in this world that is going to proceed through life and coast through without any problems. And so, understanding who you are, and and kind of wh- where you see yourself in relation to the world is probably the biggest foundational thing that you can do knowing that you're going to run into these obstacles, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you don't know who you are, if you don't know what you stand for, I, there's, it's been in a million songs. It's been in a, it's been in a ton of books, but if you don't stand for something, you fall for everything. Mm-hmm. Right? So, it's important to to get to know yourself, to understand the things that matter to you, to prioritize and actively deprioritize those things in your life in accordance with you, those principles, with the things that you believe in. So then once you run into an obstacle, you kind of have those guideposts. You have frames of reference for not specifically how you're going to handle every problem, but a general framework like, well, I know that I believe these things. And even though that's really hard right now, I'm still going to, I'm going to stay in line with who I'm choosing to be. And that's a beautiful thing is that you could do this at any time and you can recreate yourself in a sense where if you see that certain principles 
or are not working for you and you want to choose something else, you could do that. And then you just have to sit down and, and be specific. And that's one of the things there's we go back to like talking about reading and we think about writing in conjunction with that. There's something powerful that happens when we write things down. And so if Adam tells me, Hey Matt, I really want to run that ten miles. I'm like, cool man, that's awesome. One of the most important things Adam can do right off of the bat is to write this goal down in a way that's really specific, right? So it goes back to the whole idea of those smart goals, mm-hmm. right? And so, and the thing is, when you make a goal smart, you're preparing for those obstacles that we're talking about. That's why this matters. That's why this is relevant. Because if you're doing it smart, and smart, there's actually several different interpretations or or reiterations of what smart can be. So but it's specific. So you if you're making a goal, you wanna be you don't want to say, I want to be a good runner. That's not a specific goal. You say, I want to I, you give it some some more guidelines. You give it some more framing. So you say, I want to run ten miles. That's great. That's that's a that's a that's a specific goal. Then you want it to be measurable. So you've already done that with the specificity. And this one is 10 miles. Right now, you're not caring about the time. You just want to be able to start running and to not stop running until you hit the 10-mile mark. Then you want it to be action-oriented. That's the A, so S-M-A. So we want it to be based in action. We want, we want there to be something for us to be able to do right now, today. So... If you're making a goal and you can't take an action on it for three months, it's probably not the goal you should be making right now. If you can't do anything on it for the next three months, let's let's focus on a different goal. And then um, R is where I see it bounce around a little bit. I see realistic. I see relevant. There's a part of the realistic interpretation of smart goals that I don't know how much I like because I like a goal that's a, at least a little unrealistic. If I've never run more than two miles in my life, running 10 miles might be a little unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Or running a marathon might be a little unrealistic. But it's because it's pushing myself pretty far outside of my comfort zone. But it's still accomplishable. And so it's that realistic, unrealistic. Somewhere that's beyond your comfort zone. So you're not saying, I want to run four miles. Like, that's not a really big goal. You know, you can do it. But it's more of a benchmark on your way to a goal. And then the last one is T. Time, time-based. Right? So you want to be able to put a time stamp on. So I want to run 10 miles by October 31st. Sweet. You've got it, man. You've got a smart goal. And there is. And now, because you have these things set up and you went through these quick little steps, you're a little bit more resilient to the obstacles that could come up. Because what you've done is you've already outmaneuvered a bunch of obstacles that are naturally sitting there waiting. And when we think about these obstacles, obstacles we think about, you know, there's debris in the road and you have to avoid it. Or... You know, whatever, whatever the case may be, we think of them physically, but these are all mental obstacles. 
And so if we allow gray or unclear areas into our goal setting, then those are those are obstacles because our brain is going to latch in like, oh well, I don't really have a time frame in which I'm going to do. I know I want to I want to run ten miles. I'm really comfortable running this too, and I just keep running two miles and two miles and two miles. I'm like, well, I'm doing something, and I'm running two miles. Like, okay, but you're not really making progression in your goal, and the obstacle is in your own mind. It's it's you're holding yourself back because you you allowed that gray area, you allowed that non-specificity to come in and to infect your plan. Yeah, our brains are hardwired to avoid pain and embrace comfort. Exactly. So, you know, it's just exactly. a it's a biology uh, factor that's working against you, but you can also trick it because our brains also love rewards. And yes, it's like, do. "Hey, <laughs> hey, if I run, if I can if I'm running consistently 2 miles, let me push it to 2.1 miles. And then when I do, I'm going to reward myself with a new t-shirt or something like that or whatever, you know, it's, it's that delayed gratification versus instant gratification. You know, our brains, they love those little, you know, nuances of like uh, novelty or, you know, rewards or, you know, those kind of things. And I feel like one of the biggest things with the smart goals is that reward system, because a lot of people, you know, they, they forget about that part. It's like, Hey, I've, I've got this smart goal or I've got this goal. Um, and they think about, you know, doing the work and getting it done, but they don't think about like, Oh, okay, well, what, what do I get out of it besides just the reward, you know, of that goal being achieved? Right. It's like, Hey, how do I, how do I treat myself? Like, you know, like, <laughs> and what is it? Uh, Parks and Rec, where they're like, treat yourself, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you have to, you have, otherwise, if you don't do stuff for yourself or if you don't, you know, make it fun and rewarding, then your brain's just like, yeah, we're just grinding through the mill again today and we know we've got to get there. But there's, you know, I want to go more into the next hour about it, but there is satisfaction uh, in doing the work and doing the grind and, you know, getting the work done. But uh, there's also, a way to you know game, like we were we had one of the things that we talked about was gamification yeah you know and there there are rewards with making it fun like you know if you're working at a fish market like that book was talking about and it's just a grimy nasty slimy disgusting smelly work environment that doesn't mean it can't be fun you right. know you can turn that into a lot of fun so on the next hour matt i want to talk more about like you know how how do we gamify stuff and you know turn the work into you know something that is enjoyable so perfect can't wait all right everybody you are listening to wru 